0: us only what you can do and that's grant us preaching power and preaching permission for your children are hungry and they're in need of bread so bread of heaven bread of heaven feed us until we want no more let our pastor down into the deep treasures of the word enable him Lord to pull up the unsearchable riches of the kingdom keep him at the foot of Calvary for we will see you Jesus we thank you for this hour and in Jesus name we ask it all thank God amen If you'll open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. We will rest there. I want to welcome our visitors to the New Beginnings Community Baptist Church. Where we are an expository teaching and preaching church. And that means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible books and chapters at a time, comma by comma and line by line. And if you are here today, and of course you are, we invite you to join us as we preach through this book of Acts. On Wednesday night for Bible class, we are walking through the book of Judges. On Sunday morning in our life groups, we are teaching through the book of John. So if you want to learn what God's words mean and have a deep, uh, time in Scripture. I don't believe there's any other way to study the Bible but an exegetical reading and teaching of the Scripture. So we invite you to get on the Bible bus with us and help us learn about the kingdom of God. If you don't have a Bible, I'm sure that good-looking person next to you wouldn't mind you looking on with them. Acts 12, beginning at verse 1. If you have it, say, I got it, Reverend. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread So when he had arrested him He put him in the prison And he delivered him to four squads of soldiers To keep him intending to bring him before the people After the Passover So Peter was kept in prison but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Tell somebody the church was praying. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Mm, That's good news. Then the angel said to him, put your clothes and put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. And he said, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Then Peter out of the prison or followed him rather out of the prison but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening and he thought he was seeing a vision and they passed the first and second guards and they came to the iron gate leading to the city and it opened for them by itself and they went through it and when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. And then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know that without a doubt the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also who was called Mark, where many people were gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the door on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. And somebody said, you out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they said it must be his angel but Peter kept on knocking and when they opened the door and they saw him they were astonished and Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and to describe how the Lord had brought him out of prison and he said tell James and the brothers about this and then he left For another place. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor this morning. Neighbor. neighbor, Oh neighbor. neighbor, This morning. morning, My pastor. pastor Wants to talk to you about. about The power. power Of a praying church. church. Amen. You may be seated. The power. Of a praying church. Y'all going to pray with me today. new beginnings when we come to this portion of the text we see what is an alarming event taking place the church first of all is under satanic attack and god is allowing it to happen did y'all hear me right there persecution is raging But it's only raging against a few in the church. In other words, Satan in this text is coming after the leadership. I'm going to need you through here, pastors. I'm going to need you through here. He's coming after the leadership. And the text says that the evil king Herod had now stretched out his hand. And he killed James, who was the pastor of the church of Jerusalem at that time. The brother of John with a sword. He chopped his head off. Now, here we see that the preacher lost his life and the murder pleased his enemies. Here's what I notice the world and the devil hated this preacher, they hated him because his sermons caused them pain, his preaching bothered their agenda. His leadership caused havoc in the community and the king was threatened and decided to take his life. And that's how our text starts off. Evil is on the move and watch this, the sovereign God of the universe allows it to happen. In other words, evil is fully raging and the only one who could stop it Wouldn't do a thing. What do you do when God lets the devil do wrong to you? What do you do when it's you who's in trouble and it seems like God is silent? Our text today is a text that will blow the mind of the reader. For you will watch and see that the ministry of James seemingly has come to an abrupt end. For he dies way too early, but he dies in the service of the Lord. He dies before he becomes an old man, but he dies in the service to his King. I think he went too young because he was leading a movement in Jerusalem that God had ordained, but yet his time was up. See, sometimes, family, God promotes us to heaven while we yet seem to have a lot more to do for him on earth. Y'all in here? Sometimes God delights in the life of a servant and suffers them to experience violence only to promote them to glory through suffering. In other words, James' death is not unto damnation but rather for glorification. Mm. Jesus is going to be glorified through his death. And therefore, the gospel is going to be further proclaimed. Yes, Herod may get a reputation, but the church is going to get revived. Herod may get some press clippings, but the church is going to grow in their community. Herod may get some attention, but the church was going to yet be advanced. So the death of James has purpose in the plan of God. Tell somebody death still has a purpose in your life. This text says to us that Herod got excited when he killed James. And he saw that it pleased the Jews. And so he caught Peter, and dragged him into prison, planning on killing him next. But it was the season of the Passover. This is interesting right here. The Jews' greatest tradition was the Passover celebration. And remember, when they killed Jesus, they had to do it before the Passover. Because they were religious, they wanted to recognize what God had did in in the Exodus, but they didn't want blood on their hands for killing somebody at the Passover. Herod knew this, so he decided to kill him after the celebration. Because he was trying to keep good with the Jews. I got four points I'm going to labor with there on the board for you today. Number one, we're going to talk about the prayer of Peter. Number two, we're going to look at the prisoner called Peter. Number three, we're going to look at the protection of Peter. And number four, we're going to land the plane by looking at the persistence of prayer. Y'all going to help me work today? Keep your Bibles open and jump to verse five with me where we leave the runway. The Bible says in verse five, so Peter was kept. In prison but the church was earnestly praying to God for him notice this family when we come to this verse we see that trouble has come now to the life of Peter another one of the pastors in the ministry in Jerusalem Herod has thrown him in prison And now Peter is waiting for Herod to execute him. In other words, Peter is in a difficult place in a dark moment. And guess what? There's no resources to rescue him. But the church of Jerusalem was in prayer simultaneously. Uh, I'm talking about the power of a praying church. The church was praying while he was in prison, they were interceding and they were talking to God on behalf of Peter. We can learn today, my brothers and sisters, from this passage that when Satan does his worst, Christians can always turn to God in prayer and know that God will work it out. I'm talking to somebody who believe in praying today. We can learn from this text, Reverend Brown, that the greatest weapon of the church is not protesting. It's prayer. When the laws of the land won't protect you, the church has a weapon that no devil in hell can stop. It's the weapon of prayer. Tell somebody you ought to try it. You ought to try it. This weapon is an unseen weapon. It's a weapon of mass destruction. It works in the unseen realm. It moves in an unseen way. And it hits at a time and a place that usually we know not of. In other words, Peter didn't know it, but the church was doing warfare against his enemies on his behalf. You know what I like about this weapon? Everybody can do it. Everybody ought to have a ministry of prayer. Am I talking to you? What we need now, Reverend Tong, more than ever is a praying church. We need a ministry that can respond in the heat of the moment. We need some prayer warriors that can lift a voice into the holy place of God and call down resources to help us when we are in the battle of a lifetime. Kabooyah, somebody looking at me right now, son, the devil has them in a prison intending to destroy their witness, their walk, and their work for the Lord. Somebody right now is in a prison of fear, heartbreak, disappointment, depression, and don't know how they're going to get out. But just like Peter, they need somebody to pray on their behalf. Just like Peter, they need somebody to call on the name of the Lord. Just like Peter, they need the church to step into the unseen realm of possibilities and lift the prayer of faith to help them discover the truth about their own, yes, destiny in God. In other words, prayer changes things. Prayer brings solutions to unsolvable problems. Prayer gives hope where there is none. Prayer sheds light in a dark situation. Oh heck, prayer keeps hope alive. Prayer is a secret weapon in an evil fight with a satanic host. It it guarantees you deliverance from the prison in your mind. You ought to tell somebody, are you praying about it? I learned something about this text, Sister Wilson, that because the church is the Lord's bride, she has a divine relationship with access to God. I said it's his woman y'all because the church is the lord's bride she has a divine relationship of favor with the Lord because the church is the Lord's bride she has a divine relationship where she can approach the holy place of God why she's the only one in the earth that has access acceptance approval and authority the church got power Can I talk to you today? I've been married 24 years next week. And ain't nobody in this room got what she got. She got all my bank cards. She even got my retirement. She got my blood type. She had my babies. I can be in another country. And she can say, baby, I need baby. You got it. She can call me any time of the day. Night or day, any day of the week, she got access. Are you listening to here? Why? She's the bride of the pastor. Well, I stop by to tell you, you're the bride of the Christ. And anything you need, and any time you need it is available to you. If you just have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about. Your problems. He'll make it all right. Am I talking to you today? Tell somebody there's power in the church. Now listen to this. Only the believer can pray like this. Did y'all catch that right there? The Hollywood gurus and movie stars don't got what you got. They might have a mansion on the hill but you got access to the creator of the hill. They might have an unlimited spending account, but their spending account won't help them regulate oxygen. You got the God who creates the molecules and the genes who balances out the universe. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you possess? Do you know whose children you are? You have no reason to walk around here with your head half down low, talking about what you ain't got. Can I call roll right here? Did you know your daddy's got beachfront property on every continent in the global community? Do you know your daddy owns the rolling hills in Mississippi? He's tacked down lilies and daffodils. Do you know your daddy has created every creature on the earth for your enjoyment? You may not have no money in your pocket, but your daddy owns it all. I guess the question is, who's your daddy? I know who my daddy is. And as a result of who my daddy is, I can talk to him and tell him all about my troubles. Second point, we look at the prisoner Peter. Look at verse 6. The text says, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping. You should circle that. Between two soldiers. He's bound with two chains. And the sentries and the guards stood at the entrance. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up, quick, get up, he said, and the chains, uh, circle that, fell off Peter's wrist. Family, when we arrive at this portion of the text, you see what I'll call Brother Roy is an unusual picture. Before his trial and execution, the prisoner ain't panicking. The prisoner ain't protesting. The prisoner ain't even praying. The brother snoring. Y'all look at that? He's at peace because he trusts in the law. He understands that his situation is in his father's hand. Peter understands that if he dies, he still belongs to the Lord. If he lives, he belongs to the Lord. If he has to stay in prison, he's the Lord's prisoner. So why should he stay awake and God be awake too? God's got his back, and his God is on the throne. God is aware of where he is and what time it is. I lost some of y'all already. Peter models for us, Brother Nichols, what it looks like to be in perfect peace in the midst of the storm. In other words, his captors are all around him. Y'all see that? His enemies are chained to him. And they are close by and positioned and ready to do him harm. This is no ordinary situation. Uh, Brother Darius, this is a dangerous situation. But Peter's been in trouble before. The last time he saw something deadly like this, he was on the sea with his master. And the winds and the waves were boisterous chained to destroy him so he's developed a track record now of waiting and needing God to see him through and because he can trust in God and God ain't never let him down before he understands now how to live in the presence of his enemies He can sleep on this storm because storms don't bother those who trust in the Lord. You with me, Sister Billings? He can sleep in jail, baby girl, because those with faith in God can go to sleep in any situation. Uh, living in turmoil and living with the makes those who trust him sweat see Peter has a power that even the enemy can't shake I believe I believe Reformation that Peter can sleep in the presence of the enemy because the church is awake As the church is awake interceding, God gives him a peace. Even though he ain't changed his situation yet. And as, yes, the church is awake, the church is awake, here it is Tom, troubling the throne of God. Shaking the throne of heaven with her groanings because her brother is in a bad situation. Can I say some more? I believe that the prayers of the church helped him to rest in that situation. I believe that God let him sleep in the presence of his enemy because sleep comes from God. God put Peter to sleep even while Peter was facing death. Do you know that Ambien can't even let you sleep if God don't breathe on you? Robert Crumble, friend of my library I was talking to, son, said, yeah, Peter could be in this peaceful, or he could be this peaceful, rather, in the presence of his enemy because he trusted in Christ's promises. He said, Wilson, do you remember in John 21, before Jesus went back to be at the right hand of the Father, he told Peter what kind of death he was going to die. He told Peter that he wasn't going to die until he was an old man. And that his death wasn't going to be by the sword, but it was going to be by crucifixion. So Peter had hope in the word of God, knowing that Herod may try to kill me, but something's going to go wrong. Because Jesus already told me, I can't die by the sword, i got to be crucified. (laughs) Can I say some more? In other words, faith in the word of God is what gave him peace in the midst of that cell. Is there anybody here today that trusts in the word of God? Is there anybody here, Sister Green, that'll hold on to the scripture even if you're in the prison of your mind? Is there anybody here today That knows God's word can be trusted. Even in the midst of your storm. Anybody here today. Having to live in the presence of your enemy. Then hold on. Because the church is praying. And whenever the church prays. Help is on the way. Can I say some more? As the church continues to pray. We can continue to put our trust in Christ's promises, even in the presence of our enemies, so that through the storms of life, the peace that passes all understanding is promised to be yours, no matter what you're going through. Listen, God might not remove the storm, but I guarantee you he'll give you peace to sleep in the midst of it. Am I talking to anybody here today? Anybody know about sleeping when you got a 48 notice, 48 hour notice? Anybody know about sleeping when there ain't no cure for your current illness? Anybody know about sleeping when there's no money in the bank? No food in the cupboard? Ain't no checks in the box? Hope don't look like it's coming, but you got peace in the midst of your storm? That's because there's a praying church at 5089 East McKinley Avenue when you don't even know somebody's praying. The church is troubling the throne of God just to make sure you'll pass through any trial that may come your way. I wish I had about five of you that will high five somebody. Tell them, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. The text says in verse 7 that suddenly, somebody say suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and the light shone in the cell. Y'all see that? And after the light shone, he struck Peter on the side, woke him up. He said, quick, Peter, get up, man. And his chains fell off. Look at this. Here we discover that a divine activity takes place, watch this now, on behalf of those who are praying, huh? And those who are in prison. Can I say it again? A divine activity, daughter Christian, takes place on behalf of those who are praying, And those who are in prison. Here it is. It was the prayers of the saints that moved God to send an angel to rescue Peter. And we see here the ministry of angels unfold in the life of the church. Angels, according to scripture, come to aid the Christian. In difficult times on the journey. For they are called ministering spirits. That come to assist us in our time of need. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 34 verse 7. And it says that the angel of the Lord. encamps all around those. Who fear him. And he delivers them. Hey tell somebody don't make it up. Look it up. Look at Peter, y'all, because he fears the Lord. The angel of the Lord. (laughs) That make me holler right there. And camps around him. Comes to deliver him. You see that there? When we look in the text, we see that the angel ministers to Peter. Then, Sister Francis, he instructs Peter. Let me walk you through it. Here's the steps. He shows up. You see it? And then he instructs. And the third thing he did was he hit him. I know some of y'all missed that. Y'all see it? Angel punched him. Amen. <laughs> it's in the book. That's powerful. Here's why it's powerful. He hit him to get his attention. And then he commands him to get up. How? Even in the presence of his enemies. Look at this guys. God. Can work to deliver us. Right under the nose of our oppressors. God since his word in the presence of those who shackle us and it can be just what we need to make it through in other words here we can learn that god will show up mason in our crisis while the church is praying and he'll show up yes give us instruction but watch this in the course of his deliverance There is always a divine contact. There is never a time when God is about to deliver you. He don't touch you. Did y'all write that down? In other words, his contact is important. It's important because we have the tendency to sleep through stuff. God shows up in your situation, tries to speak to you. But because you sleep at the wheel, you have no idea who it is that's trying to speak to you in the midst of your crisis. So he has to hit you in order to get your attention. Can I say some more? He does this because we are creatures that are dull of understanding. And sometimes we don't get it until he didn't put his hands on us. Am I making sense there? Uh, This morning, Sister Wilson, God needs to hit somebody so they can know that their deliverance is on the way. This morning, God needs you to know that he's present here and your shackles are about to fall off. This morning, somebody needs to hear that your prayers have been heard and that freedom is in the house. The angels' ministry was a divine act of God. And we can learn from this text that God always has messengers that are not of this world. You can learn from this text that God dispatches them to assist us in gaining freedom from the prisons of this world and from the presence of our enemies. Like this text, Sister Ray daughter, because of prayer, the angel was sent in a season of despair. Because of prayer, the angel was sent to comfort the prisoner of the Lord. Because of prayer, the angel was sent to help our brother break free from the shackles of life. And I like this because it reminds me that every believer has an angel. And this angel, Brad, is working supernaturally on our behalf. God tells him what to do and when to do it, but he's assigned to you. Why? Because Psalm 34, 7 says so. Look at the protection of Peter. Verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Brother Greer, put on your clothes. Y'all see that in the jacks? And your sandals. And Peter did so. And then the angel said, and wrap your cloak around you And follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing or what was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And they passed through the first and second guards, and they came to the iron gate leading to the city, and it opened for them by itself. And they went through it, and when they had walked the length of one street, Sister Ross suddenly, the angel left him. Here's what I pull out of this text for you. First of all, the angel delivered Peter. But notice this. He did not do for the apostle what he could do for himself. Y'all with me? The angel released him from the chains... But he told Peter, put your own clothes on. I'm going to set you free from the thing that's got you bound. And I'm going to put something over your enemies. Well, they won't even understand your deliverance. But you got to get yourself together. Listen, when God delivers the child of God from certain dangers, there is something in the child of God's life they got to do for themselves. Can I put my weight on it? God will break the the shackles of bondage, but the child of God got to stand up on your own. You got to stand up, straighten up, Follow instructions. Somebody here today, you need to hear this right about now. God has already delivered you from the presence of your enemies, but girl, you got to do the rest. You got to take off your jail clothes and put on your Christian uniform. Strap on your shoes and get to a better place. Somebody looking at me right now. you free, but you ain't dressed yet. Yeah. Hey. Fix up yourself. Talking about you want to get married, but look how you're looking. Yeah. You want to get a better job, but you ain't filled out an application. You want to get out of financial debt, but you're still in the prison of wanting stuff. Has delivered you, but he expects you to now dress yourself. Can I say some more? Fix up yourself now that sadness no longer controls you. Somebody looking at me right now. You want of you, you free, but you ain't dressed yet. But fix up yourself now that the chains of depression have been broken. You're no longer addicted to drugs. Now get dressed and follow the instructions of the Lord. Why are you still sitting in the cell of bondage? Lingering around the enemy. God gave you a way out of that bad relationship. Why are you waiting for him to fix it? He delivers you from the prison of bondage. And you trying to wonder? Well, maybe I should just wait a little while longer. I almost said get the hell out of there, but I didn't say that. What I said was, get up, fix yourself, put on your clothes, and follow the instructions of the Lord. Am I talking about Sean? Look. Look, can I say some more? Peter had a choice. He could have stayed free in the dungeon or walked out in his new freedom. And so it is with you and me. When Christ shows up in the prison of our sins, we have a choice to follow him or stay in our sins. Look, God expects for you to follow him in freedom. He expects for you to follow him in grace and in truth. You've got to flee the atmosphere of bondage. When Peter was safely on the outside, the Bible says that the angel left him, watch this now, to make his own decision. Do I stand right here and wait for the guards to come to their senses, come to drag me back in the prison, or do I be a prisoner that's on the run? Are you listening here? He had a decision to make. Somebody looking at me this morning, I don't know your address, I don't know your situation, but I guarantee you, you got a decision to make. If I was you, I'd choose to follow the Lord. And I'd let the Lord lead me. Hey, help me, Holy Ghost. Just a little while. Well, I thank you for your kindness. And I ain't preached for you in a long time. But let me give you my last point and land the plane. Persistence of prayer in verse 11 is where we rest. The Bible says that then, uh, like that, Peter, he came to himself, isn't that a, a funny theme in the text? The prodigal son came to himself and made the right decision. Peter, after being released from prison, he came to himself and he said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel, yeah, and he has rescued me. Watch this now from Herod's clutches. Isn't this something? He identifies what he's been delivered from. Which, which parenthetically isn't in my notes, but goes along with your new freedom. You got to identify what God has saved you from. So that you have it right in your mind and don't go back to that thing. Am I making sense here? He says, he's delivered me from Herod's clutches and... From everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Now watch this. And when this had dawned on him, the Bible says he went huh, to the house. Where Mary, the mother of John, whose nickname is Mark, they were all gathering in her house for prayer. And then he knocked out the door. And a young girl in the house named Rhoda, must have been an usher, I don't know. Heard somebody knocking and she went to the door. And she looked outside and said, It's Peter. Got so happy, forgot to let him in. Ran back to the congregation and said, Peter is outside. And they said, Girl, you crazy. She said, No, no, Peter is outside. And they finally went and they let him in. Here's my closing thoughts for the text. When we come to this portion of the text, Deacon Rocha, we discover the persistence in prayer. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, while the saints were praying, God was working. They couldn't see what he was doing, but they was trusting that he was working on their behalf. And while they were praying, yes, God moved and answered their prayer. And I like that right there because sometimes when we pray, it looks like heaven ain't doing nothing. Sometimes when we pray, it seems like, God, I've been asking you to do this for a long time now. And we get discouraged and stop praying. I wish somebody hear me today. A- and would know that don't you ever get discouraged with prayer. If God hadn't showed you yet, that means he's still working it out on your behalf. Ah, uh, Help me, Holy Ghost, just a little while. The text says in verse 5 that the church prayed fervently. And they were still praying fervently. Even though the prayer was at the front door. Are you listening here? They were praying and God had already brought the answer. Right to the front door. Can I say some more? But they were so caught up in their prayer, they forgot to expect him to answer. Isn't that something? Sometimes he answered a prayer and it's right at your door. But you're so caught up with the process and the petition that you forget to know that is answered. Somebody looking at me today. The prayer, that thing you've been praying about already been answered. Get up off your knees and go see if that's it. I think y'all need an example. You say, God sent me a man want to be married and he put you in a church with some eligible bachelors but you're still praying get up fix yourself and go see which one is your prayer answer I can't make it no more practical than that God said, you said, God, I need a job. Get up. Go to the unemployment office. Fill out the paperwork. See what's on the board. And dress up for the interview. I can't make it no plan Am I talking to you? God, I want to do better in 2015. I want to be healthier. Quit going to McDonald's. quit eating all the bad foods, finally going down to that gym at the membership that we don't use. (laughs) And know that God's answered your prayer. Am I talking to you here? Not only must we pray with a fervency, we must pray with an expectancy, and then we must move as we're praying. Well, I got to leave you now. But when the church finally listened to the little girl. Oh, I can say a lot about that. They went to the door and saw exactly what they were praying for. And Peter, when he came inside he motioned with his hand. The text don't say what he did, but I think he went, shh. The Lord has delivered me with his angel. Now go and tell the other brothers. And then he departed for another city. I like that because when God delivers you. And when God answers prayer, he always expects for you to give a testimony. Yeah. I want to pause right here today to talk about how powerful are your testimonies in the house of the Lord, mm. testimonies, yes, are never for the world. No, your testimony is for the house of God because testimonies encourage believers to trust God for the answer to the trials of their life. Mm -hmm. I'm glad today that Peter, after getting delivered, didn't just run to another city, but I'm glad he stopped by the house of the Lord and he found there a praying congregation. And he could encourage them that God answers prayer. And somebody today needs to know that your prayers are being heard. And that God still answers prayer. I'm standing today because I heard on yesterday. That brother Corley had a bad accident and the brothers of the church were called to run to his rescue. They got him down to the hospital and prayed for God's miracle. He called the next day early in the morning to say, Pastor, I'm going to be all right. I fell, but I didn't break a bone. There's not even a fracture of my body. That tells me that God answers prayer. I heard, I heard, I heard this week, baby girl in the Brown family. Had an asthma attack at home. Mama and daddy rushed her to the hospital and prayed over her all night long. But this morning, Sunday morning, she's in children's church. Because God answers prayer And I know that some of you today Have been through the valley of the shadow of death Where you feared no evil I know that your enemies are all around you But I stop by to tell you that my God still answers prayer When I look over 2014 And we see the dangers that accompanied our body We can look back at time spent at the altar And look over in 2015 And see how God has worked it out I'm closing now But I'm glad I'm glad I got a church that knows how to pray I'm glad today You know how to talk to God When trouble comes your way Is there anybody here today That knows God answers prayer Is there anybody here today That knows uh, You're the recipient Of a divine miracle I stand correct today Because I know My mama prayed for me My daddy prayed for me My deacon prayed for me And because they prayed I'm a child of God I'm clear But can I tell you what prayer do? I said prayer give you power to stay the course. Prayer give you power to walk through the enemy's traps. Prayer give you power to walk up a dusty hill with a cross on your shoulder, with nails in your hand, and a crown of thorns on your head. Prayer give you power like he gave Jesus I heard I heard him praying in Gethsemane Lord if it be another way then reveal it to me but if it's your will let your will be done it was prayer that got him up that hill and out on the hill he died didn't he die He died Didn't he die He died to the earth rocked and riddled Like a drunken man He died to my sin were redeemed And I was washed In the blood of the lamb But early 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 Sunday morning God raised him up Now he's alive. Now ain't that all right? I said, Ain't that all right? Ain't that all right? And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding I mean, praying on my behalf. I got prayers that I know not of. I got prayers while I sleep. I got prayers while I Play. I got praise while I rest Jesus, the Lamb of God, praying all around the clocks of the world, praying for Asia, praying for Africa, praying for Zimbabwe, praying for North America, interceding on our behalf. The same Jesus, same Jesus, same Jesus gave power to the church power for the church to walk like him talk like him serve like him live like him engage like him now that's power I know you don't know who you really are but let me remind you just a little while you have what Congress don't have you have what law enforcement don't have you have what none of the systems on earth have you've got access to the throne of god you've got authority to walk on demons to cast out devils to operate in the unseen realm you are the body of christ you are the bride of the lamb you are the light of the world you are the salt of the earth you are the accuracy of God you are the called out ones, you are the blood redeemed you are children of the most high your name your name your name has been written and the lands will collide and that makes you somebody some have silver and gold some have american express some have passports and visas but you know what i have i got jesus mary's baby jesus the son of god jesus the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, my conquering king, the Alpha and the Omega, the bright and morning star, the Ephraim, the, the child of God, the creator of all creation, the firstborn of many fruits, my hero, my savior, my conqueror. He's my friend. When I get friendless, he's a mother. When I'm motherless He's a father When I'm fatherless He's bread When I'm hungry Water When I'm thirsty He's alright He's alright He's alright He's alright Do you know him today? Do you know him today? I wish I had ten of you That I high five somebody And tell him I got him I got him, I got him, I got him, and he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Have you tried my Jesus? Have you tried my Jesus? Have.